want to read some scripture, just a couple of verses. We began here in this church last Sunday night a new series of studies in the book of Jonah. In this second study today, we're looking at Jonah chapter 1, and we'll read just the first two verses. Jonah chapter 1, verses 1 and 2 read, The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittah. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. This is the word of God. May God add a blessing to his word. Let's pray together. Father, we're delighted to be here in this place tonight. We thank you, Father, for what you are doing in Colin and Kay and Mark and Megan's lives. We thank you, Lord, that you have spoken to them and they have decided for themselves to follow Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that uh, you have brought for them new life, life that is full and abundant. And we ask, Father, that uh, we, every one of us tonight, might uh, find that, uh, that their testimony infectious, that we might for ourselves seek this wonderful love that transforms lives. We thank you for your precious word, and in these moments, we long to hear what God has to say. We thank you that you are a God who is still speaking in these early years of the 21st century. So we ask, as you use the foolishness of your human instrument, to speak something once again of the profundity of divine love, a love that can change lives, change even ours tonight. This we ask in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We are told that God in his faithfulness came to Jonah. Jonah chapter 1 and verse 1. The word of the Lord came to Jonah. God's faithfulness to you, my friend, is demonstrated in letting you hear the gospel, the good news concerning the kingdom of God. The kindest thing that anybody ever did for you was to invite you to hear the gospel message. And the most valuable thing that you will ever hear are the words of the Lord. That there is good news. And that good news tonight, friends, is that Jesus Christ died for sinners. The most valuable thing that ever comes to any man or woman, boy or girl, is the word of the Lord. Might I inquire, has the word of the Lord come to you? Listen, this is the most valuable thing in the world today. People today are looking anywhere and everywhere for values, laying up for themselves treasures on earth. But there is nothing more valuable than the word of the Lord. It is more valuable than all the money and all the wealth that this world has to offer. The greatest deprivation ever to be brought to man is that he does not get to hear the word of the Lord. Perhaps tonight you are discouraged. Maybe you are despondent. 
And perhaps the outlook appears gloomy for you. Well, I grant you, the outlook does appear gloomy. Uncertainties over Brexit, fearful ongoing threats from terrorists, ambiguities concerning the future of public sector services, doubts over the security of our pensions, our children in danger of manipulation and exploitation through the vagaries of social media and the internet. But has the word of the Lord come to you? For that is the most valuable thing ever to come to any man or woman or boy or girl. You know, the worst thing that can ever happen to a country like ours is not the famine of financial reserves, though that might come. It is not the famine that results from meteorological extremes, though That might come. No, friends, the worst thing that can ever happen to a country like ours is the famine of the Word of God. And I have a hunch, I suspect, that this is at the heart of all the troubles of the United Kingdom in these turbulent and unpredictable times. A famine of the Word of God. I ask you, have you been one of those to whom the word of the Lord has come? If so, you are a blessed person indeed. Oh, my friends, the wonder of it, the mystery of it, the value of it, to be like Jonah, singled out to hear the word of the Lord. This is where our four baptismal candidates find themselves tonight. Wonderfully singled out by a loving Heavenly Father who has sought them by His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And they have heard the Word of the Lord. And not only have they heard that Word, but they have accepted that Word. And that Word has saved them from their sin and it has transformed their lives. And for them... The best is yet to come. My friend, are you so blessed tonight that you have heard the word of the Lord? Three quick thoughts. Quick thoughts, I promise. About this word. It's a personal word. Do you know something? When God speaks to men, He speaks in a personal way. He speaks intimately to them. An old Puritan in the 17th century on his deathbed uttered these words to those who come to say their goodbyes. He said, I quote, One thing that I have learned is that God deals familiarly with men. We are told that the word of the Lord came to Jonah and it identified him as, in verse 1, the son of Amittai. Maybe... You are living in a world and it seems to you that that world does not care about you. You go about your day-to-day routines. You dutifully perform your domestic duties. 
You faithfully endeavor to serve in church. You walk along the streets. You go about the shops. And no one seems to express their gratitude. No one appears to exchange the time. No one, it seems, knows your name. Listen, my dear friend. There is a God in heaven tonight who knows you by name. He knows who you are. He knows who your parents are. He knows your background. He knows every care that you have. He knows every pain that you feel. He knows every tear that you shed. When Isaiah gave the prophecy to God's people, Israel, the words he used were in Isaiah 53 and verse 1, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name, and you are mine. Colin, brother, you've been summoned by name, and you are his. How wonderful is that, Kay? You've been called by Almighty God, summoned by name, and you are his. Mark, you are his. Megan, you've been called by God, summoned personally by one who sits on the throne, and you are his. When God singles you out, he calls you by name. I'm reminded of the New Testament story of the rich man and Lazarus. We read about that in Luke's Gospel, chapter 16, verse 19. Notably, and we have the time to, to, to sojourn here, but notably, we don't know the name of the rich man, but we know the name of the man who went to heaven. Hallelujah. Remember, the words of the 17th century Puritan. God deals familiarly with men. It's a personal word. Secondly, it's a purposeful word. Friends, tonight, it is Christianity that gives you personhood. It is Christianity that gives you authenticity. It is Christianity that gives you purpose. Do you ever wonder why you're alive? Why are you here on planet Earth in 2017? Or as the existentialists put it, why have you been thrown into your existence? Incidentally, as far as the existentialists are concerned, there is no purpose in your existence. You being here, as far as they are concerned, is absurd. There is no meaning. You are here today and gone tomorrow. When you die, you die. When you die, you die like a dog dies. When you die, you die like even a flea dies. You cannot differentiate between them. But Christianity gives you personhood. Because it gives you meaning for life and a reason for existence. For it is the great creator of the universe, the one who made the stars, the planets, the sun, who also gives you life, who also gives you breath, who knows your name and who calls you by your name. And I believe by his Holy Spirit is calling you tonight. If only God would give us ears to hear the still small voice of God as he comes by his Holy Spirit and utter your name. Perhaps 
I believe the Creator God is inviting you to take Him as your partner. Perhaps you don't have a partner. Maybe you have a partner and you don't trust your partner. Or maybe you have a friend who has turned his or her back on you. My friend, God wants to be your partner tonight. God wants to partner you in business. He wants to partner you in school. He wants to partner you in home. He wants to partner you in life. Is your marriage in trouble? God wants to enter into your home and bring that marriage together with His blessing. You see, my friend, God is interested in these things. He is interested in the normal affairs of life. You can go to a psychiatrist, you can go to a psychologist. I don't underestimate the help that they might give. But what will give you personhood, what will give you purpose, is by trusting in your Creator, making Him your life partner. And thirdly and finally, it's a pertinent word. Whenever God speaks, it never ceases to amaze me, but whenever God speaks, He speaks pertinently. He never speaks for speaking's sake. You know the type, don't you? Who speak for speaking's sake. And it's usually utter rubbish, isn't it? Bless them. And you do your best to try and get out of the looming conversation because you know it for the most part is going to be a waste of your time. I'm telling you something, friend, tonight. God is speaking to you and it is not a waste of your time. Because when God speaks, He speaks pertinently. We are told that the word of the Lord came to Jonah. And Jonah was go to go to Nineveh. Nineveh, why? Why Nineveh, I ask you? Nineveh was a pagan city. Nineveh, I'm sure, would not have been a part of Jonah's plans. It wasn't in Jonah's diary to go to Nineveh. Nineveh was not something that Jonah had intended to do that year. Nineveh was a city with a population, we are told, of 120,000 souls. I suppose reason enough for God to send Jonah, because it is in the heart of God to save the lost. Be it one soul, be it 120,000 souls. It is in God's heart to save the lost, even in this place tonight. Now, we don't know too much about Jonah. But I don't think we need to know too much about Jonah. God, in His infinite wisdom, speaks pertinently into your life and mine. And it is incumbent upon us, you Christian here tonight, if God is speaking to you, you need to listen to what God is saying. You need to listen to what God is saying because He speaks pertinently. And when He speaks, we need to listen. We don't know much about Jonah, but in the final analysis, we don't need to know much about Jonah, I believe. In the final analysis, it was not about Jonah and what Jonah wanted to do or what Jonah preferred. It was about God and God's perfect will. The book of Jonah shows us that God's prerogative is to do what He wills, with whom He wills, the way He wills. My Christian friend tonight, will you not surrender to the voice of God? If He's speaking into your life, it's pertinent. It's about as relevant a word that you will ever hear. And if He's calling you to go to your Nineveh, and inevitably he is, because we're saved in Christ, we're saved for a purpose. And that purpose is that we might serve him. 
So where is your Nineveh? Where is your ear, your, 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 your sphere of ministry? God is calling. You must listen. The word of the Lord came to Jonah. It was a personal word. It was a purposeful word. It was a pertinent word. I believe the word of the Lord has come to this place tonight. It's mind-boggling, isn't it? The very God who spoke the worlds into existence by the power of His Word is speaking directly into this situation, into your life and mine. Might I urge you in the name of Jesus with every fiber of my being, please listen to the Word. Respond to the Word. Embrace that Word. And find in a loving Heavenly Father a God who in His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, delights to change lives. He wants to change your life tonight. He changed mine when I was just 13 years of age. He changed these four guys in recent days in wonderful ways. He's changed the lives of many here and many throughout the world. He wants to change yours. Will you not respond to the Word of the Lord? Father, we thank You for Your precious Word to our hearts. And as you come and speak by your Spirit personally, open our hearts that we might receive your Word. Receive the one who came as the Word, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen.